in an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Happy Halloween, Ghoulsters! Welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-host. On this show, we fan goal over spooky pop culture and learn from it, too. If you have always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. I hope you guys are in a very spooky mood this week because today we are in for our first episode of Listener's Ghost Stories, and your fellow ghoulsters did not disappoint. I don't know about you guys, but I am personally in such a ghoul mood on this spectacular Halloween weekend. In fact, I'm in such a special mood that I have a very special update, so you know what that means. Haunted housekeeping. All right, ghoulsters, I'm not going to get mushy and cry for you guys on our favorite weekend ever, but I do want to take a quick moment to tell you how magical it has been to share this spooky oasis with you this season. Thank you from the bottom of my spooky heart for welcoming me back to the world of podcasting with open arms. This truly wouldn't be my spooky oasis without you ghoulsters always waiting to fangirl with me on the next big spooky thing. When I started this show, I had no idea if people would even come back and listen to me or yet alone if this co-host concept would actually work and ghoul ghoul did it work. It seems your responses double every week sometimes and I'm so happy to know that this space means so much to so many of you. So on that note, I told you guys when I set out to do this show, I had every intention to make it sustainable. I hit the ground running with everything I really wanted to do through the busiest time of the year. And through that, I was able to assess what is and what isn't working, not only just for me, but for you ghoulsters in order to really build a sustainable show format here. If there's one thing I learned from my past experience is to give things time, be patient, and maybe not pivot every single time that going gets tough. I feel so confident and excited to share that we are going to be evolving the show format to not another spooky podcast 2.0. Did you guys think I was going to cancel on you again? No, no. Mandy spooks as many things. She is spooky. She's emotional. She's chaotic. She is passionate. But no, 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 ghoulsters. Mandy spooks is not a quitter. In fact, Mandy spooks is a visionary. If there's one thing I think any of you know, it's that I like to continue growing and challenging myself. And when I see something, I just I just know it can be better. Let's take it there. While I am extremely proud of what we did this season, I found that I wasn't able to produce episodes at the quality and capacity that I know I can because again I am just one person so starting November 1st that's less than a week away so you're gonna get like double Mandy spooks in a week not another spooky podcast will be bringing you episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month to help you keep the spook alive all year I'm honestly over the moon about the new format and I like to think I know you ghosters pretty well by now so I think you're going to love it too The new format will ensure I can cover all the spooky things your heart desire at the level of intent and storytelling I pride myself in while ensuring a sustainable work-life balance as well. If you are a paid subscriber, please don't worry. Spookworm Club is staying and with this new change, there will be many more frequent bonus episodes. 
And I am dying to spill all the new details with you guys, but I can't wait to share them with you on November 1st. So that means no post-Halloween blues. You hear me, Ghoulsters? You're going to wake up with your Halloween candy hangover, pour yourself a cup of witch's brew, and tune into Not Another Spooky Podcast because I'm so excited to share what I've been brewing up for you. But in the meantime, that doesn't mean we can't share a cup of brew now and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive on this magical Halloween weekend. All right, today I am having a pumpkin chai latte. If you guys have not had one, this is your sign to go get one like today because it is the perfect time to have one and you can enjoy them through Thanksgiving or Ghoulsgiving as I like to call it. Okay, so I wanted to change things up for this, keeping the spook alive and see how everyone's going to be celebrating the actual day of Halloween. I wish I had something more exciting to report, but I have shared this in the past that Halloween day is usually very chill for me because I spend or I should say I go so hard all spooky season to ensure we fit in all the things that come Halloween day. Uh, I like to usually watch Hocus Pocus, have some popcorn. I have also mentioned in the past that I love to keep my mom's tradition going of making spaghetti and chili cheese hot dogs. Um, but depending on how cold it actually is that day, I was also thinking of making pozole for the first time. Um, I don't know why. I just think like if it's really cold, let's make something really cozy. So that is a Mexican dish. Um, and I'm really excited to do that. But I also don't know if anything fun might pop up because we are living in a new city. I'm also open to the idea of like doing something spontaneous. I know Master would be really happy about the whole like spontaneity of it. So you guys will have to tune in on November 1st to find out what we actually ended up doing for Halloween day. But in the meantime, let's see what ghoulsters are doing to keep the spook alive on Halloween day. I wanted to start off with this answer specifically because <laughs> this is how you know ghoulsters are soulmates, guys. Fallen Halloween said, handing out candy, watching Hocus Pocus, and making hot dogs and spaghetti, end quote. Um, yeah, I just think it's so funny when we find parallels like this in our community. Okay, and then this next one is a very special one. When I read it, like on Instagram, I nearly squealed. Our ghoul Lalik, one of our most loyal podcast co-host said hubs and i are no longer going to be common law and be officially married on the day in costume and if you tuned in or end quote and if you tuned in last week guys she mentioned they were going to be winifred and billy so congratulations Lalik. uh i am so excited for you i cannot wait to see photos and yeah i think it's so cool because the first year we did the ghoulmates podcast I believe it was the first year. Um, our ghoul, There She Glows Again, Jess, reached out to me to tell me that she was getting married on Friday the 13th. So it's so awesome that like every podcast Halloween season, we see like a ghoul to get married. So yeah, if you guys are ever celebrating a wedding, please let me know. I would love to celebrate it on the podcast as well. Ghoul with the Curl said, took the day off and plan on baking while watching Halloween 1978, then pass out candy, end quote. Yeah, see, I'm loving that we all celebrate all season long that come the day we just want to like enjoy it, like pass out candy, 
enjoy some treats, watch some of our favorite movies. I'm loving it. It's a total vibe. Happy Haunt said, good old trick-or-treating and chili, end quote. I had no idea that Liz made chili too. You see, guys, we're all soul sisters. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Daniela Geeman Photography said, pass out Halloween candy and watch The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, end quote. Okay, I'm going to have to get with Daniela on this and see if there's like specific episodes that are better ones because we decided to start from the beginning at like the very first episode ever, which was I think like season two and it wasn't a vibe for me. But if they get better, let me know so that I can watch it. Um, But that is still such a cool tradition to know that like you pass out candy and watch that. So I love it. And I think that's what Halloween should be about, honestly. Like it should be about... The candy part, because so often I have mentioned this, I preached it all season, like we have gotten wrapped up in Halloween being about Halloween hunting and not necessarily about like the costumes and the candy. Um, So I think that I love that that's how you guys are celebrating and that I'm on the same page as well. But I can already feel myself starting to digress. So back to the show. Uh, let's see. We have Essie Zoon. She said, going to a fancy dinner show with my hubby where they serve you a delicious meal and tell ghost stories and perform a spooky, mystical, magical show, end quote. That sounds so fun. Can I just say for a second that I love how Sabrina always gives us like descriptions, like a fancy dinner show with delicious meals and spooky, mystical magic. (laughs) I just love it. I love that she paints the picture for us. Okay, Halloween is my happy place said, undecided at the moment, but something low-key, end quote. Yes, Poppy is like, to me, she is like the queen of like cozy Halloween, if that makes sense. And the fact that she's on the same page as me makes me, like reassures me that I'm right to want to like slow down for Halloween. Uh, Wild Rose 01 said, going trick-or-treating in our new soon-to-be neighborhood, then watching a spooky movie, end quote. Oh, congrats on your new home. Monica Galman said, handing out candy, watching Halloween 78 and Psycho, end quote. I love that she had to call out that it's the 78 version and not any of the recent disappointments. Not gonna say names or anything. Uh, NBC lover 1993 said taking my kids out and hoping I can scare a few kids and make a few faces happy with our decor end quote Uh, I love that your goal is to scare kids that would be Rudy's goal as well Uh, Yana loves Mitchie said taking our daughter trick-or-treating around the neighborhood end quote yeah lots of trick-or-treating as well I wish I had a kid just so that I could take them trick-or-treating. I feel like if I went trick-or-treating as an, as an adult, they'd be like, um, you're an adult. And I'd be like, do you know who I am? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am like the leader of Halloween traditions. I don't know. I, I was trying to go somewhere with that, but I lost it. Okay. Nerdquish Nola said, uh, handing out candy and terrorizing the children, end quote. I could see Tracy trying to scare the kids. Uh, okay, too fond of books said vacation slash weekend getaway, reading horror books and watching horror movies, end quote. That sounds like a very scary weekend. Life on a Caravan said visiting my BFF, end quote. But where are you going somewhere spooky with your BFF? Okay, and that's all of our submissions. Uh, So my overall takeaway from this was that we should all have a mega Halloween slumber party one day where all we do is eat treats that Monica bakes for us and veg out on the couch watching Halloween 1978 and cry about spooky season being over together. (laughs) 
All right. If you want to keep up with how we're keeping the spook alive, you can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at The Ghoulmates, or you can catch me on my many profiles, Not Another Spooky Podcast, Mandy Spooks, or Spookworm Club. All right, Ghoulsters, are we ready to get super spooky today? I don't know if I am, but I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to let you guys know right now that I decided to record with the pups in the living room because I'm a total chicken. And if anything is behind me, because my back is pretty much like I'm facing the wall. So my back is to the rest of the room. So your ghoul needs a guard dog to let me know if there's any spooksters hanging out with these stories. You hear me? So if they start barking and I tell them to be quiet, don't mind me. I just needed that extra space of security, to be honest. Uh, All right. So today's episode is special to me because all the stories were submitted by Ghoulsters and it's our first actual scary stories episode. Before I forget, I do want to remind you all that we have a scary stories channel in our Discord server that you are always welcome to add stories on. And you can always email me any stories you'd like to share on future episodes at notanotherspookypodcast at gmail.com. All right, so you all know our ghoul Lalik by now. She always comes in clutch with co-host submissions, and we actually had two stories from her, so I figured we'd open and close with a story from her. So here goes her first submission. I especially loved how some of you sent like an actual message with your story, so I wanted to read the whole th- the whole thing to you guys. It just felt like a nice, I don't know, gesture. So here we go. So our first submission is, again, by Lorraine, a.k.a. Lalik. Greetings, my fellow ghoulish fiend. First and foremost, I wanted to say thank you for having a spooktacular community for us spooky weirdos to be our true and authentic selves without any judgment or ridicule. Being able to share my normalcy with an entire community rather than just one or two people is such a fresh breath of air. Listening to your Casper episode, you put a call out for spooky stories. Well, aside from the one I posted on our Discord, I have so many to share. My entire life, I have always been sensitive to the paranormal. By all means, I am not a medium or a psychic. However, I do have the tendency to attract spirits or my senses tell me when I feel them around. When I was younger, between the ages of two and seven, was when I used to see figures or apparitions around me. I have no idea what that noise was, but we're going to keep going, Gloucesters. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's get back to this. Sometimes I feel like those entities are aware that I can see them and sometimes it feels like it's a replay of an event or routine that the spirit used to do when they were alive. When I was nine, we just moved to California from Guam. It It was about five months after we moved. My mom got sick of staying home. I was attending an elementary school with an unusual schedule, so I was off school for a month while everyone else was still in school. My mom had already had an interview set up for a job and she couldn't bring me with her, nor could she trust anyone to stay with me. We were fairly new to the area, so we didn't know anyone. My mom trusted that I wouldn't disobey her her instructions. She told me to make sure I do not answer the phone when it rings. Do not answer the door if anyone knocked. Don't open the windows or the curtains or the blinds because she doesn't want the neighbors to see that she left me alone for a couple of hours. And I didn't. I stayed in the kitchen where it was brightly lit. It was around 9 or 10 in the morning. I remembered eating cereal and staring at the calendar hanging on the wall trying to figure out what day and date it was because I had been out of school for a couple of weeks already. And suddenly the calendar pages kind of flipped up as if wind had flown past it. I remember the feeling of oh crap when it happened 
and I didn't have any explanation as to how it could have happened. All the windows and doors were closed. I didn't want to get caught up being alone in the house. Didn't I didn't want to get caught being alone in the house. So there was absolutely no way in hell that could have happened. And yet it did. We stayed in the apartment for about five or six years. And throughout our time living there, we had two deaths in the family. My mom's partner's brother, who often came over and visited us at least two to three times a week, passed away during the time we lived in that apartment. We used to smell his cologne ever so often after his passing. Sometimes we would hear his laugh in the living room. My grandparents moved in with us in late 1998, and roughly about a year later, my grandfather was diagnosed with leukemia. Long story short, my family made the decision to send my grandparents back to the Philippines because financially it made sense to get him his treatment with private nurses and on-call doctors. In March of 2000, a year after my mom's partner's brother had passed, we got the news that my grandfather's health was declining and we didn't know how much more time he had. My mom and her siblings, who all lived in the U.S., flew with the families to the Philippines to start preparing everything for my grandfather. Luckily, we all got to say our goodbyes before he passed. I was able to see my gramps alive one more time before he was gone. And now to the spooky part. My grandfather passed away on April 13th of 2000. I was 14 years old. After hours of crying and mourning in his hospital room, my cousin took all of, his, all of us kids, ranging from ages 3 to 14, back to my grandparents' home. She had to go through all of my grandfather's clothes to pick out a collection of final outfits. My cousins and I were in the room right next door, and my old cousin, who was gathering my gramps' clothes, told us, you know he's still here with us. If you talk to him, he can still hear you. Me and my cousins all looked at each other skeptical. My other cousin, Larni, went back to looking for clothes, and me and my brilliant, not really brilliant brain, decided to ask out loud, Tatai, are you listening to us? Can you give us a sign? And literally, out of nowhere, the lamp on the dresser turned on and turned off. And it's not like you can turn it on and off on the switch. It was a touch lamp that goes through three levels of dim to bright before it turns off. And suddenly, me and the girl screamed and ran out of the room because we all got scared. Later that night, I unexpectedly woke up and I heard my uncle on the other side of the room talking in his sleep. What caught my attention was when he said, Thai, is that you? In our language... I turned to face where my uncle was sleeping and I see him fast asleep snoring. I decided to turn my back on my uncle and mid-turn, I see from the corner of my eye the curtain move as if something passed through it. It scared the crap out of me and I covered my head and forced myself back to sleep. Traditionally in the Philippines, when a loved one passes, we keep them in our home for seven days after they have been prepped and placed in a casket. During those days, friends and family gather to pay their respects, gather donations to help with costs of the funeral and for the wake. In the evenings, we host the rosary prayers with those who join us, and at the end of the seven days, we take our loved ones to the cemetery and do the final ceremony there. The day we buried my grandfather, all of the kids ranging from ages 7 to 23, there was at least about 18 of us, we decided to do a giant slumber party in one of the larger rooms upstairs. I wanted to be alone, so I sat midway down the stairs looking down at the front door, which is directly to the right at the bottom of the stairs. From where I was sitting, I could partially see downstairs, see the downstairs living room, and if I leaned down a little further, I could see the dining room and the large mezzanine leading into the kitchen and the bathroom area on the left. I kept playing the image over and over again, poking at my grandfather's cold, stiff leg when he was still at the hospital before they took his body away. 
the man who raised me. I was his favorite grandchild because I was his youngest daughter's only child. I was completely heartbroken and I was wishing so badly to see him one last time. My thoughts were abruptly interrupted when I suddenly saw a white see-through figure, apparition, ghostly shadow, not shadow kind of thing come through the door. I watched it walk or float, whatever you want to call it, and go through the living room into the dining room, through the mezzanine, and suddenly disappear around the corner. Within seconds of watching that thing go through the house, I heard pots and pans falling and hitting the ground. One of my cousins, Ken, heard the noises and went out of the room to find me fixated on something from the stairway. He sat down next to me and said and asked what was wrong, and I whispered over to him to shut up and look. We both sat there completely stunned when this white misty thing came back through the dining room and positioned itself to the right of my grandfather's altar in the living room. He was about to say something when we saw a second figure come through the front door, which had an outline shape of a small feminine female child, and it stood right next to the other. We both looked at each other and ran up the stairs and ran into the room with everyone else. Till this day, he refuses to talk about what we both saw because it haunts him. He is terrified of these types of things, whereas me, I find this to be normal. Now as an adult, I don't see these things as much anymore. I hear and feel things, the shift in the atmosphere when something that isn't supposed to be here is present. I smell certain scents when I come across a quotation visitor. It is an extremely rare occurrence for me to see an apparition nowadays. My mom tells me I have a fighting spirit. My fear does not cripple me when I see when I see things that are paranormal and unexplainable, she and my late grandmother often tell me I should never show my weakness or fears to the spirits who activate my sixth sense. I hope you've enjoyed my creepy experiences. I hope it sends you chills and fright this spooky season. And thank you, Rudy and Mandy, for keeping the spook alive all year. XOXO low. <sighs> okay, sorry, guys. I need a minute to... to process all of that I don't know if you guys could hear like as the story was going I was like breathing a little heavier because I started getting really nervous because I'm so fixated on like reading the story to you guys that I can't like take my eyes off the screen and like check my surroundings um so that was a new experience um so first of all I want to say thank you so much to Lo for sharing this story with us and being vulnerable with us uh, I'm also very sorry for the loss of your grandparents. I know that you have processed this already, but I feel like that is the right thing to do here. Um, it's interesting to me that there was a second figure. And I guess I should have asked this before, but I can always follow up on this later. Do you think that this was your grandfather with another figure or did you feel that this was like two different figures? Like, I guess for me, it's it's open to interpretation because of the second figure. Uh, it's also interesting to me that you were scared. And I guess that's what makes me feel that maybe this was not your grandfather you were sensing. I shared this on the original Ghoulmates podcast, but I know a lot of you are new. Um, so I kind of wanted to share. I have not had a ghostly experience, um, but a lot of parts of this story really reminded me of my grandmother. Uh, when my grandma passed away, um, my aunts have said that they have sensed um, her daily actions as well around the house because I know you mentioned about like the cologne and the laugh of your other family member and that's what reminded me of my grandma so my grandma was a cook her entire life and so I have been told that like the kitchen sometimes smells like someone's cooking when no one's cooking um, and what I what really stuck out to me was when my grandmother passed away, um, 
sorry, I haven't thought about this in a very long time. I was in high school and I couldn't sing for the life of me. Um, for those of you who know, like I love to sing, like I've always sang my entire life. And when my grandma passed away, it was really hard for me to sing for a few weeks. I just like I couldn't bring find it in me to sing without crying. And there was a song from Avril Lavigne called Slipped Away that she wrote about her grandfather passing away. So that song really resonated with me at the time. And when I decided it was time for me to sing, I told myself like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to let it all out. It's okay if I cry. Oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. Uh, And when I sang, I swear to you guys that I felt my grandma touch my shoulder. Like, like in a like, it's okay. Like I'm at peace now. Like you're fine. Like that's what I felt. Like as soon as I finished singing, like I felt her arm like grab my shoulder in a very peaceful way. And I wasn't scared, which is crazy because as you guys know, like I'm a huge scaredy cat. I'm very afraid of the paranormal stuff. But in that moment, like I had peace knowing like that was my grandma. So I wasn't afraid. I don't know how I would have felt if I had seen like an actual figure. Maybe it would have been scarier. But I guess that's my question is if you felt it was someone else besides your grandfather and that's why it was scary or just the like thought of processing that it was something paranormal, you know? So I'd love to hear more about that. Of course, send me a DM and I'm happy to discuss further with you, Lo. All right, so our next question or our next story is from Rose. You all might know her as VRose23. I'm going to take a sip of my latte really quick. I'm a little nervous, guys. I feel like it's going to get spookier for some reason. Okay. I found this note or this email in particular really cute because like as she's telling the story, she's talking to me like like she's actually telling me the story versus like just writing out a story, which you guys will hear. I just found it to be really cute, honestly. Okay. So it says, hello, my name is Rose. Okay. First of all, hi, Mandy. I love you and your podcast. You are my Halloween queen. I got so excited when you reached out to me on Instagram about sharing my scary stories. To get an idea, my home isn't that old. When we first saw this home, the walls weren't even up. They were just barely building the house. After it was done and before we moved in our belongings, my mom brought a priest to bless the house and each and every room. Remember, this house was the only thing built, nothing else. After a year or two of moving in, my dad decided to build the backyard. He was adding a restroom to the backyard and we all had to help dig to add the water pipes and all that. When we were digging, we found some bones. My uncle brushed it off and said it was probably some dead dog and I clearly remember my mom saying those don't look like dog bones. Well, my parents decided to leave them there and continue digging for the water piping. A few months after that happened, that's when everything started. We would see shadows and hear people talking. It is a three-bedroom house, and since I was seven or eight at the time, my brother and I would share a room, and my parents decided to rent the extra room out to my godfather. My godfather was young and single, so it was just him, and every time he would come home late at night from work, he would have his keys ready in his hand with his jacket over his head, and he would run up the stairs ready to open the door. To give you an idea, to enter our front door, on the side of the door, there's a hallway that leads you to the backyard. When we asked him why he would leave his keys and jacket and run like that, or why he would have his keys and jacket and run up like that, he would tell us that he did that because he always had a bad feeling that he was going to see something standing in the hallway waiting for him. And in his room, they would bother him while he slept. They would remove the covers and touch him. 
My mom always had these creepy porcelain dolls hanging on the ceiling of our room. These freaking dolls were in a set of two, a boy and a girl sitting on a swing. She had three or four sets of these things hanging, looking down at us. One night in my sleep, I heard my brother calling my name. Rose, Rose, Rose. I remember waking up and telling him, what? And he tells me, look up. Mandy, when I looked up, those freaking dolls were swinging on their own. We had no damn AC and the fan was not on. I screamed for my mom. That night, I think we slept with my parents. The next day, my mom threw the dolls away. Fast forward a couple of months and my godfather meets someone and he moves out and my uncle moves in. Well, my uncle started experiencing things too. He said they would bother him a lot and move things. He came home to his closet door stacked up on top of each other on the floor. When we arrived home, he asked my dad if he had taken off the doors and my dad said no. Well, he moved out after a few months. At that time, my parents told me I was getting older and my brother was tired of sharing rooms with me. So I moved into that room. Well, let me tell you, Mandy, I didn't last the first night. I heard a woman humming like old tune music. I got my little butt up and left to my brother's room. I don't care if I get made fun of. But every night I would get up and sleep in my brother's room. It got so bad to the point that at night I wouldn't step in there at night. I slept in my brother's room till the day I turned 15 because they wouldn't let me sleep in that room. Every night and day, the closet doors would open and slam shut, the woman humming and touching. Fast forward, and my mom would also see things and hear things. My dad did too, but being that macho man, he, he would say, it's nothing, lol. Mine and my brother's friends would experience things in our home as well. My brother's friend and his girlfriend, who was pregnant at the time, slept over a lot. And since my brother's room was the biggest, we would all hang out there and sleep there. One time, my brother had two other friends sleep over. That night, they asked me, hey, Rose, why don't you sleep in your own room? I told them why, and they didn't believe me. My brother, Rudy, and his three guy friends decided they were going to spend the night in my room. Well, let me tell you, after 10 minutes, these dudes came running out of the room. They said they heard a lady in there. After that day, they stopped making fun of me for sleeping in Rudy's room. Fast forward to me as a teen when I became a single mom. I was in and out of depression because I was getting out of a not so good relationship. But at that time, I got really close with my brother's friend's girlfriend, Erica. She had just had her son and my mom being a welcoming and accepting person, she would let them sleep over a lot. And she saw it was helping me get out of my funk. Erica and I would hang out in my brother's room a lot when he was out. We would hear things coming from my room and shadows. Finally, my brother decided to switch rooms with me. He also started hearing the lady sing, and he said he would feel her caressing his cheek while he slept. <laughs> Creepy. Okay. At the time I was pregnant, I started seeing a spirit, but I would only see half of him. I would see him clearly not as a ghost or anything. I would see him as an actual person. So when I first saw him, I was scared because I thought it was someone who broke into my house. And I remember that day clearly. My mom had gotten pizza for the four of us, Erica and her boyfriend and my brother and I. We were sitting at the dinner table when we saw it peek out from the corner looking at us. We were all just in shock like what the heck was that? I myself kept seeing it more often. After the first four times, I didn't feel scared. It felt more like when your mom just checks on a, on a kid and how they're doing. Excuse me. <laughs> The only thing that would annoy me would be that I would never see him fully. It was always him peeking half of his body from around a corner or the door. I still remember what he looked like, like a cholo. Sometimes he wore blue old jeans and a white shirt. Sometimes an open button long sleeve blue shirt with a shirt underneath and always blue jeans, but sometimes black color pants and he had a short haircut. 
my mom is a sobadora, so she sees a lot of people and a lot of people know her because of her job. So one day she is sobando this old retired Hispanic cholo and he tells her, I've been there to your house. Well, before your home, your home was built. My mom tells him, oh, yeah, can you tell me what it was before we built our home? She says, he starts telling her that no one knows what it really was. Some say a chapel, but there was a fire, so they had to bring it down. And he tells her that it was abandoned after that and kind of became like a little forester park. So he would hang out there with his homies and drink and have fun. He also told her, I have a friend that hanged himself around here. And some people tell us that after we left, they would sometimes see him around this neighborhood. That's when my mom stopped and told him and told him to hold on and calls me in. My mom calls me in and I go into her room and she introduces me to this guy. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, what did she call me for? Without knowing what he told her, she says, Rose, describe the young man you see. Keep in mind, I didn't know why she wants me to tell this man the guy I see. So I start describing him. After I'm done, this dude says, oh, yeah, that sounds like my buddy, the one who hanged himself in the tree two houses next door. Mandy, I felt my jaw drop like, what the hell? I told him I didn't feel fear or anything when he would appear to me because it felt like a checkup. He told my mom and I thought maybe he left someone pregnant because the same day I had my daughters was the last day I saw him in the morning. And this time it felt different, like a goodbye. Okay, sorry. I feel like that one ended abruptly, but that was my fault. She did send a much like longer series to the story, but I wanted... I felt like that was a very nice ending to that specific story for you guys. <sighs> there are so many questions I have about this. Um, I don't know why, but I can't get it out of my head that I feel like this potentially was a real person in your room. And I'm so sorry if I'm creeping you out more, but it's so interesting to me how he would like hide and the fact that he would change clothes because I've never heard of like ghosts changing clothes. I mean, what do we really know about ghosts, right? But from what I've seen, it seems like they always stay in the same outfit. So it's interesting to me that this person was like almost shy to reveal themselves completely to you. Um, but I'm glad that it was a peaceful feeling that you felt. The whole room situation, though, sounds really spooky. I have no idea how you got through that. I feel so bad about that. Uh, but I'm glad that at least other people around you experienced it so that you didn't feel alone and isolated and like people actually understood where you were coming from. So thank you for sharing your story. Okay, next we have a, a story from Yana Loves Michi and this story she dated as October 13th, 2005. Okay, so for context, I grew up on a 10-acre ranch in South Texas, so who knows what was once there before my grandparents built their house and barn. My bedroom has three windows, one that faces the neighbor to the left of me, the other two face the road. I always used to fall asleep to music. One night I woke up because I heard not my stereo, but a loud chanting coming from where my stereo was. I brushed it off at first and changed the CD. I laid back down and fell asleep, but awoke to the chanting growing even louder. I walked to my window and looked out. I saw figures standing outside my bedroom window, chanting around a fire and dancing around a circle. I shut my curtains as fast as I could. I had always been told my grandparent I had always been told by my grandparents to never look outside as you never know who's looking back at you. I didn't sleep the rest of the night. The next day after school, I went to investigate the window that faces my neighbor's house and there was nothing there. No signs of anyone ever being there the last night. I shuddered because the fire was so real I could literally hear the cackling of the wood, the crackling of the wood. 
I heard the chanting for the next few nights, but I never interacted with it. I started using my CD player and headphones to sleep at night. Eventually, the chanting stopped and I didn't hear it again. Guys, this one is so creepy to me because I feel like what if you live near some like weird cult or something or like bad witches because not all witches are bad, but I don't know. It just sounds so sus to me. Oh, I don't know how you did it. But what I really loved about this was that you said your parents always told you to never look outside because you never know what's looking back at you. And I feel like that is how I feel about windows and mirrors at night, like mirrors and windows. Uh-uh, I ain't looking at either of them at nighttime. They scare me. <laughs> so I will definitely remember this. Um, but yeah, I'm curious how soon this happened after you started living there how old you were. I have so many questions. I feel like all these stories just lead to more questions. That's the spooky part. All right. So this next story is by Lexi, aka Hauntingly Cute. This one can be a little creepy. I'm gonna, okay. (laughs) Here we go, guys. Okay. So me, my little brother, my stepdad, and my mom were camping in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. (laughs) I love how she calls it that. Sorry. Okay. It was some land my grandpa owned that my parents would go hunting on. I was probably around 10 at the time, and my little brother was 8. In the middle of the night, my brother spiked a fever of 103. My mom decided to take him to the ER while me and my stepdad stayed there. Now, since we were in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, the closest hospital was around 40 or so minutes away. So hours later, my mom and brother get back after he was treated and cleared to go home. She went on to tell us a creepy story. On the way back, my brother was asleep in the backseat and my mom was listening to some country station on the radio. She said she happened to look out of the window while she was passing a graveyard and noticed one of those glow-in-the-dark crosses on a grave. As soon as she saw it in the radio, as soon as she saw it, the radio cut out and went silent. Then suddenly, a man's voice came over the radio and said, My name is Justin. I bled to death. In a creepy, raspy voice. Another silence followed, and then the radio came back on. She said she just turned the radio off completely after that. A few, year, a few years later, I mentioned to her that we should go see if we could find a headstone with the name Justin. We went, but we couldn't find one, but the story still creeps me out to this day. End quote. <laughs> okay, so I actually asked Lexi if her mom was ever one to, like, make up scary stories just to, like, scare her, and she said... She didn't feel like she did because like she loved Halloween, but she wasn't really necessarily into being like spooky or scared. So this is an interesting one. Like it's interesting because it's kind of like a secondhand story, but also happened directly to the person's mom. Uh, But yeah, this is definitely creepy. I've never I don't know what I would do. I bet if I was with Rudy, he'd be like some line got crossed or was like a satellite thing because he just doesn't believe in anything. But I would definitely be super spooked by something like this happening. Okay, story number five. This is our last story. So this is our big closer from Lalik. I'm I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not reread this before I put it in the script because this was one she submitted like a long time ago on Discord. And I remember some of our ghosters responding and talking about how spooked they were by it. So now I'm like, oh, no, do I really want to revisit this late at night by myself? <laughs> OK, here we go. 
When I was seven, I had something show itself to me. I woke up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. And the way my childhood home was situated, when you walked down the hallway from my bedroom that I shared with my mom, you could see at the end of the hall, part of the living room and the front door. The bathroom is about halfway down the hall to the right of me. And you know when your eyes are adjusting from waking up and very little to no light is present and you only see the silhouette of everything in your house? That's all I remember seeing. And me creeping down the hall to the bathroom, I find the switch to the bathroom and the light that shined from that kind of gave me enough light to make the shapes out in the living room more prominent. And I clearly remember seeing a silhouette of a person sitting out on the end of the couch right next to the front door. Sometimes my grandma used to fall asleep out in the living room and I simply thought it was her out there asleep. Okay, I don't know if the podcast caught that, but something dinged and it creeped me out. Okay, where's Bruce? Bruce? Okay, the dogs are calm. Nothing. Everything's fine, Mandy. Okay, here we go. Proceeding. Um, all right, where were we? Okay, so I simply thought that it was my grandma out there asleep. But right before I walked into the bathroom, I remember glancing back at this thing sitting in the living room and just seeing a quick feature of long hair, dark eyes, and a dark smile. I went into the bathroom, did my business, and walked out. And as I'm walking out of the bathroom, I remember looking at what I thought was my grandma. You guys, I'm getting so freaked out right now. I don't want to keep reading with my back to the room. (laughs) We might need to call Rudy out here for this one. Okay. I went into the bathroom, did my business, and walked out, and as I'm walking out of the bathroom, I remember looking at what I thought was my grandma. So I turn my body to face it, and I call out my my nene, which is Filipino for mom. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. It's either nane or nene. I think it's probably nane. Okay, so I turn my body to face it, and I call out my nane. But no verbal response, but just a slight change in the facial expression where the eyes should just be... Oh my god, I can't, guys. We're gonna pause and go get master. Okay, I don't usually leave these little, like, imperfections in the episode, but I felt like it was important for you guys to hear how scared I got recording that, because I did. Master is now in the living room, TikToking with his AirPods, but, like, safety is key. I made him promise not to scare me on purpose. (laughs) And I feel like I ruined the story. So I'm going to attempt to retell it to you guys so that I can like keep the mood going for you guys. So here we go. When I was seven, I had something show itself to me. I woke up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. And the way my childhood was situated, when you walked down the hallway from my bedroom that I shared with my mom, you could see at the end of the hall, part of the living room and the front door. The bathroom is about halfway down the hall to the right of me and you know when your eyes are adjusting from waking up and very little to no light is present and you only see the silhouette of everything in your house. That's all I remember seeing. And me creeping down the hall to the bathroom, I find the switch to the bathroom and the light that shined from that kind of just gave enough light to make the shapes out in the living room more prominent. And I clearly remember seeing a silhouette of a person sitting out at the end of the couch right next to the front door. Sometimes my grandma used to fall asleep out in the living room and I simply thought it was her out there asleep. But right before I walked into the bathroom, I remember glancing back at this thing sitting in the living room and just seeing a quick feature of long hair, dark eyes and a dark smile. 
I went into the bathroom, did my business and walked out. And as I'm walking out of the bathroom, I remember looking at what I thought was my grandma. So I turn my body to face it and I call out my nane, Filipino for mom, but no verbal response, just a slight change in the facial expression where the eyes should be, but just look like a dark, hollow pit. And the smile on the face looked like a dark, shadowy outline of a sinister smile. I called out for my grandma again, and this time the smile looked a little more menacing. So I decided to go into my grandparents' room, which was just right across from my bedroom, and I started to feel around on my grandparents' bed. I felt two pairs of feet, grandma and grandpa. So I peeked out into the hallway, and sure enough, that thing was still out there. I don't know what possessed me to go down the hall and into the living room, but I went out there slowly, kind of creeping, and I never took my eyes off of this thing. And the closer I got to it, the more I noticed its features. Long black hair and in a white dress. The figure itself looks like kind of solid, but not really. It was hard to explain. The streetlight was shining into the living room just enough to where I can actually make out what this thing was. And the light switch to the room was just on the other side of the wall. So I'm reaching around the wall trying to flip the switch on, but I'm not tall enough. So every time I try to flip the switch, the switch would get stuck and flip back down and the lights would flicker on and off. Mind you, I'm still looking at this thing, and every time I tried to flip the switch, it would flip down, and this thing is slowly walking towards me. And finally, I got the switch to stay on, and it disappears. Within a few seconds, my dogs outside did this weird howl and screeched like someone kicked it. And that's when I said, screw this, and ran back into the room and jumped into bed next to my mom and hid under the covers till the sun came up. I told my mom that morning what I saw. I don't know if she believed me or not at the time, but since then, I've been seeing and feeling things that can't be explained. The house she lives in now always makes me uneasy, and I tell her she has at least three spirits living in that house, and now that she's retired and spends a lot of time alone in the house, she often feels or sees things from the corner of her peripheral that she can't write off. Oh, we made it, guys. (laughs) That was rough. I am so sorry for, like, the lack of continuity in that but I wanted you guys to like hear it properly but also like get the spookiness of me being spooked I hope you guys got spooked and you enjoyed that story as much as I did I don't know if I like enjoyed it but I definitely got spooked by it (laughs) I feel like I have so many more questions but I know that this is something that Lo continued to experience so I'm kind of glad that it has slowed down for you a bit and that you don't experience as much I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm 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 glad for you because I could not handle it. You're very brave, Lo. Uh, all right. I would say that was not bad for our first spooky stories episode. If you guys are craving more spooky stories now, I'd like to invite you to watch a series that Master and I worked on in quarantine called Tales from the Tent on YouTube. The link is in the show notes, and it is a trilogy of scary stories being told by yours truly while we go camping and it was probably one of the spookiest and funnest projects we've worked on so far so it's definitely a spooky vibe for the weekend for you guys i also wanted to give you a quick reminder that bloody binge worthy will return on december 1st and we'll be covering all of season four if you're wondering how you could be one of my lovely co-hosts like i mentioned in today's episode you can follow the show on instagram at not another spooky podcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes 
And it looks like that is a wrap on our first Halloween episode of Not Another Spooky Podcast. I did want to share that Lexi from Hauntingly Cute actually reminded me that Halloween clearance is a must on November 1st. So don't forget to wake up bright and early to snag any spooky clearance deals you can find. And while you're on the bargain hunt, don't forget to tune in to our new show format, which will be available at midnight Mountain Standard Time on November 1st. I hope you ghoulsters have a spectacular Halloween and I will be seeing you very soon or catching you very soon. Until next time, sending you ghouls and kisses. Bye.